1: Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein, powering tomorrow today.
0: This is the House of Atz with Cam Luke and John Stephenson.
2: Well, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, wherever you might be, right around Australia via the SEA Network or the world via the podcast or YouTube. Make sure you get involved anytime you want to reach out. Just text us 043398 1116 and make sure you head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. We say this each and every week, Johnny Steph. We only have the biggest of superstars on this show. That, that's 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 pretty much what we say, isn't it?
0: I mean, it's just how we roll cam. yeah. You know, I mean, we don't. We don't mean to be this successful, but we are. I mean, you know, what do you want me to say? Ken?
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was just going to say that the absolute creme de la creme superstar athletes are great at being able to manage their time so they can say good day to us. And today is no different because we have got a superstar. Vanessa Lowe is in the house. Sure Vanessa, hello to you.
1: Hey there. How are you,
2: Vanessa? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now we got we an incredible career, gold medal Olympian. With the Paralympic Worlds not too far away, which we're going to fire up and talk about in a moment. But off air, you were just telling me that you've just travelled to Germany and you've got an eleventh, eleven month old son. Surely that is harder traveling to the other side of the world with everything you've got to worry about when it comes to all your bags and make sure you die and everything's right. Having a little 11-month-old on his first international trip must be harder than any Olympic, any Paralympic Games.
1: It was a shockingly hard <laughs> trip, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not sure how many parents are there listening, but holy, um, it's... Um, in athletics, you can plan a lot of things, but... When you have a little baby, they have their own little minds. They want to do
2: what they want to do, and um, that was hard. <laughs> hey, did you notice, I so tell you, you, you have been at the top of your game and traveling all around the world for you know, more than a decade now, and I'm sure there are times where you're like, now I know it's time to sleep, I've got to eat here, and all the rest of it, where you can have some type of selfish attitude because you're like, I'm looking after myself to make sure I get the best out of it. That That's gone. That's gone. So <laughs> was there times on the plane you were like, I'm meant to be eating, I'm meant to be doing this, but I, I've got to look after the little fella?
1: Um, I actually have a champion of a husband that is helping out heaps. So um, I still can be selfish at times when it's really necessary. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a different journey and a different experience all around.
0: You talk about your husband, uh, Scotty, Scotty Reardon, if I'm correct. Uh, and I, I, right. I, had a, I had a good uh, – uh spent some good time with scotty through nitro he's a nitro alumni cam yes he is and, uh and i got to know vanessa through through scott and uh it must be a huge help when you have someone like him who's who's sort of been there and done that in the sport as well and especially now you've got a youngster um vanessa to be able to help you through and what you're achieving in your career
1: that's so special because he just understands and he gets it and I think I'm sometimes pretty hard on myself because I want to be living up to the expectations that I have for myself as a parent. But he knows, like, this time around, like, so close to the championship, the highest priority is, like, looking after myself. And he makes sure I can do that. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it with any, any other person really.
0: But but Vanessa, there should be—is there a lot of crossover? Obviously, Scott was a a, was a great sprinter. Do you do you use a lot of uh, the advice he can give you? Because speed is everything in the long jump, right? The more momentum you can gain down the runway, they say, potentially the further you can go, right? Um, Obviously, there's a lot more other key elements that come into it. Um, We is he has he helped you on that side of things with with your with your jumping.
1: Absolutely. Um so not many people actually know um he has stepped in as my coach um since Tokyo. So um no he's retired way. from athletics himself, but he's now my coach. So he's um father, husband, um coach, um, baby daddy all in one. Um <laughs> and his insights is just it's um yeah, it's it's so because like he understands what it means to run on a prosthetic, but he also sees what I need for a long jump. Um and yes, speed is crucial by the same time. Um, It's not everything, actually feeling comfortable on the leg and trying to get to a position where it can take off um, it's so, um, so different to what it is like an able-bodied sport. So he can actually understand that even though we're still doing the same sport, um, there's certain things that are just different about it.
0: Where, where was you a, talk, All right, go on, Sorry, I again. was just going
2: to ask you yeah. about the decision to have Scott coach you now. Like, what, what was the decision behind it? You've been extremely successful prior to that as well. Was it a tough decision? Was it an easy decision? As always, you know, a little trepidation sometimes when you are coached by your, your husband or wife, regardless of, of, of what sport it might be yeah. and who the person is. How did that decision come for you?
1: Um, it was somewhat of a hard decision, but at the same time, we didn't really think much about it because we always spend a lot of time with each other. Because we um we train side by side, so it was quite something that's quite normal for us. Um, and I think when we went um after Tokyo and made the decision that I was going to continue on. Um, it just made sense because we can be as flexible as we need to be trying to manage um, parenthood and athletics. Um, So actually stepping away from a training group and and being our own little unit um, actually really made sense. And again, like no one knows me as he does and Mm. he understands what I have to do in the sport um, to be the best I can and then able to understand, uh, able to support me um, on everyday life and in training um, to get there. So yeah, didn't, didn't take much thinking.
0: Vanessa, let's talk about the, the technical element of your sport. And, and excuse my ignorance, and I think a lot of our listeners would, would love to know. Talk us through the prosthetics. How much has the technology sort of, um, you know, improved from, say, 10 years ago to a year? And how much of a part does it play for you? Are you working, you know, with, with, uh, with uh, biomechanists and you're trying to improve that technology? Or is it still come down to sort of how you look at the sport technically from your own perspective?
1: It has changed a lot over the years. And when I look back to what we ran on 10 years ago, I can't believe that we made that work because it was really just an assembly of random pieces that weren't really made for sport. So, um, nowadays there's a designated sport knee, um, there's designated parts that we can use for sport, and it made things so much easier and less hard on the body as well. Um, but at the same wow. time, like for me to improve, I use my body. So, um, yes, technology is constantly improving and changing, um, but if we can't use our body, um, we, we won't be able to run the times that we do and jump the distances that we do. So technology isn't everything, um, and understanding your body is actually really key to make sure to um, pick technology that works for you personally. So it takes a great deal of getting used to new technology. It's also um, something that's not always going to work for everyone. I mean, you have to find out what's what's the best for you. So um, finding the balance between Training your body, focusing on that aspect, but don't um, neglect the prosthetics because it's without technology, we couldn't run. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a great balance.
2: I I do want to ask you about, you know, this situation. And I hear, you know, in athletes in particular, probably here in Australia, we hear a little bit more when it comes to the AFL and the NRL players that everything's about winning. And then the moment they have a child – their perception changes. They're a bit more relaxed. They're not as worried and caught up on the little things, be it a bad game or a bad kick or might be, you know, whatever it might be. They're able to focus and prioritise a little differently while also giving everything they've got to be the best athlete they can be. Now it has only been 11 months, but have you had a little bit of those feelings already? Of course we've got a, we've got a para world championships, you know, a month away. So we're going to get a, a real guide there. But how, how do you, when I talk about that, see the, the, the little fella coming in and changing your idea about how it all means.
1: I really put things into perspective. Um, over the years, I mean, I always loved the sport and I always wanted to pursue this career because I loved the training, I loved the competition, but I also wanted to win. And I still want to win, don't get me wrong, but um, I think these days um, my priorities are just different. I, I'm still in the sport because I love the training and I'm still trying to do my best, but I know that I can't aim for perfection all the time because um, in in parenting, I mean, you're just doing the best that you can. And that's what I'm doing in training now as well. I'm just trying to um, chip away on it every single day, not getting so caught up in if things aren't going my way. If I had a horrible night's sleep just the night before competition, it is what it is and I just make work. And I think that's something that has changed in a positive way because it means that I get to enjoy the sport a lot more and don't get so caught up in about all the things that aren't going my way and really focusing on all the positives.
0: So you just still do a lot of training out in Germany. Do you take your son with you? And uh, how much does it, how good does it feel when you go back home and getting ready for a European season be able to train at home and then get ready for comp?
1: Oh, It's been so nice. I'm back at the training center where I used to be based for four years. So it's um, almost feeling like a blast from the past. It's like a lot of memories coming back. Um, and my workplace comes with a sand pit, So a little man is always there, <laughs> always um, happy to play along. And um, he's part of the show.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, the sandpit, I, I tell you what, there's not many uh, pursuits, I guess, where a sandpit is involved when you're, a, when you're a new parent and you've got a little one floating around. But I assume there are little things that make life a little easier and a sandpit is one of them. So being able to combine the two probably has its advantages.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean um... – he can be part of it because there's always something for him to do. I mean, um, now these days when I show up in training back home, like everyone loves him. So um, people are more than happy to to take him for a little play in the air. And it's like Pretty
0: a big adventure. Well, a fun fat Cam: the great Greg Rutherford, who won gold in 2012 in the long jump yes. for Great Britain, um, built his own long jump uh, runway and pit in the back of his house. So he sort of combined his play time, Training sandpit. So yeah, there's, there's been other jumpers that have done this camp.
2: I like it. <laughs> I like it, and it makes a great deal of sense if you actually have probably the room to be able to do it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Oh, absolutely. I would do that.
2: <laughs> hey, let's um, let's go back to Tokyo because it's it's always interesting when I talk and we talk to athletes and we talk about Tokyo and the very fact it was such a different olympic and, and paralympic games with the way the world was at the time but when you when you're able to do what you did and it, it's different without having the full house in there which will we'll have in a month's time but just going back to your memories you, you've, you've competed for two countries at the highest level but to be able to do what you did back in tokyo it just i'm assuming it's number one is it outside of uh starting the family
1: uh, probably is. I think being able to do the experience together with my husband was really special. And although this time around my family wasn't there, which in the last few games um, they were, um, that was probably the one thing that was missing. Um, but otherwise, I mean, being able to back it up from, from Rio, stepping out onto the stadium in the day, enjoying what I was doing and then taking home the gold. I mean, you really can't have it any better
2: is there anything better than winning something like that and also having a world record? I know when the gold medals around your neck, the 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 length of the jump or the the time of the race is kind of irrelevant, but to be able to put what is seemed to be a, a perfect competition together or a perfect jump. And it was a, it was a wonderful competition with the, the three ladies on the podium, all jumping particularly well. It, it, you just must think to yourself, this is exactly the perfect storm and how it's meant to be. Absolutely. And I
1: mean, Yes, you're right. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, um, the distance or whatnot, as long as you, um, take on the right, um, the right medal on the day. But it's it's actually really great when you walk away, and all of us have done actually amazing. All of us done really great performances. So standing on top of the podium meant that I did not only do well on the day. I was able to defeat the people that also did well on the day.
2: Are you an athlete that is spurred on by the adrenaline that the crowd does give? Because we do see different different situations in COVID where you're in front of an empty stadium at different times compared to what we're going to see, you know, and hopefully going forward with the, with the world's not too far away. Are you someone who can really, you know, propel off that runway thanks to the crowd or are you someone who's just able to zone out and it almost didn't matter?
1: I do. I love a good crowd and I love some noise because I love the competition yeah. and I think that's what's special about competing is having the energy in the stadium. And it was definitely different stepping out in Tokyo where it was empty and then almost felt like a kind of like a test event sort of thing. Um, but I, I had to find something on the day to still hype myself up and be in the moment and still enjoy the moment as well and make it a special experience to, despite the fact that there weren't any spectators. Um, and that itself was um it was something
2: special. I, I particularly did like, uh, Johnny Steph, I would have seen you to do this. But of course, with the smaller, much, much smaller crowd in Tokyo, we've seen some of these field athletes doing the slow clap. And then of course, the crowd traditionally gets involved. But it is part of a ritual now for some athletes where they still did the slow clap, even though there wasn't a great deal of people in the stadium to actually do it. So firstly it's a two-part question, Vanessa. Are you a slow clapper to get the crowd involved? And did you still do it in Tokyo where there wasn't exactly a huge amount of people there?
1: Oh, I'm not much of a slow You're clapper because I like hearing myself as yeah. much as I can. Um because I can't feel what my legs are doing. Yep. So I actually like having a little bit of um sound and see um, hear what's going on. Um I'm more liking the crowd to actually celebrate and um and that part of the journey. Um so yeah, I didn't do that in Tokyo, and I didn't need it. Um, I mean, it is sometimes nice to get a crowd involved and um, make it a show for them as well. What would
0: you be, Ken? Would you be a? Would you be of
2: oh. a clapper? Oh, Are you a screamer, <laughs> nah. or what would you be, mate? Oh, oh, slow clap. The whole lot into a yell, <laughs> into a like a probably a uh, like a a three forty five, three forty six long jump into a trot out of the stand, sand. I, I reckon that's Vanessa all Vanessa do.
0: does that from a standing jump. Yeah, I know man. she does. Well, I'm, I'm not a
2: world-class athlete, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure that everyone knows that. No, I, 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 I did find it interesting in that situation. Hey, Vanessa, before we do let you go, uh, you know, the parallel world's not far away, but you're, you're in Europe, you're in Germany. What's, what's it look like for the next month or so when it comes to competition?
1: Uh, the reason I'm here is to compete um because I missed out on most of domestic season because I was just returning back from pregnancy. Um, so just having fun with it getting into the right mindset um so that I can go into worlds and feel prepared um, and feel excited to be there. So, um, yeah, it's finding that excitement and it's finding that um competitive edge.
2: Did you think about not having a crack at the at at the worlds and maybe more focusing on paris when you when you have a baby and it's, you're 12 months out from the world championships. Did it cross your mind to take it maybe a little easier, like a normal person who would just do it or the superstar that you are? You're like, you know what? I'm going to back myself in here.
1: Uh, the priority is Paris next year for yeah. sure. Um, and I knew that if it wasn't going to work out this year, that was absolutely fine because the priority is next year. Um, but I wanted to give it a fair shot and um, and we did. So um, it's exciting to to be able to do this in a very different space Um and have little Baba watch me compete, um, have my husband by my side as well. Um, it's, it's really cool. Like, I'm really proud of ourselves that we got here. Um, and it was definitely not an easy journey. I mean, there were many sleepless nights and um, many doubts along the way whether or not we could make it work. Um, but we got here and we now only, we literally just talked about it, six weeks ago, every six weeks to go until we're standing and compete. So, um, yeah, crazy to think um, that we made that work.
2: It's an amazing. It, it took John Stephenson three years to go for a run after he had kids, and he didn't give birth to him. So that, that's that's sort of shows how great you are of being able to do this and be on the the biggest stage. Was it three years? I or still two don't run. Hard. What are you talking about? <laughs> he, he just did bicep curls once he had kids. Uh, it's an it's an amazing story. We 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 love it. We do we do have talk about it a lot on this show. Only the absolute superstars come on this show, Vanessa. We haven't got a great deal of time, so any time that we want to reach out to somebody, they are the creme de la creme. They have an impressive CV, and not many are more impressive than yours, and it's only going to get mm-hmm. fuller over the next 12 or 15 months as we head towards Paris as well. So good luck over the next couple of months, and we'll talk again soon.
1: Uh,
2: thank you so much, guys. Uh, there we go. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. What oh, a very legend. Impressive. A very quick very break. Impressive. House of Ass. Plenty more of it next.